Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. So, Disneyland opened. What year? 1955. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened in 1959? Well, in 1956, they had 5 million visitors. In 1959. The Matterhorn. Nikita Khrushchev. The president or leader of... Leader of Russia. Russia. Spent 13 days in the United States. Did he visit Disney? He requested two things in his days in the United States. He had requested to visit Disneyland and meet John Wayne. <laughs> the two most American things ever. The Shah of Iran and Empress Farah were invited to Disneyland by Walt Disney himself in 1960. Damn. There was a moderate con- controversy over the lack of African American employees all the way through to the 1960s. Well, it was the 50s. Executives responded that they would consider the request by the uh, NAACP to hire more African Americans. The park, however, hired people of Asian descent instead. Yeah, they were cheap. Probably. It was close. It was close. 
1959, the Matterhorn bobsled ride became the first tubular steel coaster ever built. And its design still influences the design of modern roller coasters today. Awesome. So, now that we've got kind of the back history and all that, let's go over the park itself. The lands of Disneyland include Main Street USA, Adventureland, Frontierland, New Orleans Square, Critter Country, Star Wars Galaxy Edge, Fantasyland, Mickey's Toontown, and Tomorrowland. Ooh, Tomorrowland was always my favorite. That was the bomb, man. The Hall of Presidents was there. Matterhorn was there. That was cool. Uh, which, which section do you want to talk about first? I don't have anything done by sections. I just have like little tidbits of everything from everywhere all over the place. Well, Main Street USA is patterned after a typical Midwest town of the early 20th century and took much inspiration from Walt Disney's hometown of Marceline, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And that was also the setting for Lady and the Tramp. Which Uh, we talked about earlier. Yes. It was designed to resemble the center of an idealized turn of the century, like around 1910, American town. Uh, according to Harper Goff, who was one of the Imagineers who worked in the Main Street USA with Walt, he showed Walt some photos of his childhood home of Fort Collins, Colorado. Walt liked the look, and so many of the features of the town were incorporated into Main Street USA. Did you know? About the U.S. flags flying along Main Street, USA. You know anything about that? No. Do tell. None of them are regulation flags. They have one missing stripe, one missing star. They are none of them except for the one in the dead center as you walk in the park. None of them are regulation flags. Therefore, they do not have to take them down when... Uh, someone of state passes away if the weather is bad anything like that the only one that is a regulation flag is the one dead center as you walk dead into the park and if you are a veteran or something like that you can do the folding ceremony at the end of the day if you set that up in advance Mm, that's interesting the design of Main Street USA uses the technique of forced perspective. Adam McGee, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're listening. <laughs> uh, to create the illusion of height, buildings along Main Street are built at three-quarters scale on the first level, five-eighths scale on the second story, 
and one half scale on the third story, reducing the scale by one eighth each level up. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, the, the, that was the whole part. Like even the castle is done in that force perspective. It was a brilliant way to do it. Uh, moving on, Main Street USA is the home to the Disney Art Gallery and the Opera House, which showcases great moments of Mr. Lincoln, a show featuring an audio animatronic version of Abraham Lincoln. At the far end of Main Street USA is Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Now, this is something that, that, uh, we hold dear to our hearts is that it yes it is it is new schwanstein castle of which we are we are we're counts counts. a new schwanstein castle we have an actual connection to that castle every land that disneyland owns that has a castle on it has a different castle did you mm-hmm. know that? I knew that. I don't know them all, but I knew they were all based on specific castles somewhere in the real world. Uh, next land to go to is Adventureland. Hmm. That's Fantasia, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Adventureland is designed to recreate the feel of an exotic tropical place in a far-off region of the world to create a land that would make this dream reality said walt disney we pictured ourselves far from civilization in the remote jungles of asia and africa attractions include steve martin started out selling guidebooks at disneyland on the weekends and during his free time there, he would visit the magic shop. And by August of 1960, he was working in the magic shop, showing off all of the tricks he had learned over the years. Michelle Pfeiffer played Alice from Alice in Wonderland in the Main Street Electric Parade in the mid-70s. And Kevin Costner worked as the Jungle Cruise skipper back in the day. Awesome. (laughs) New Orleans Square. Home to Pirates of the Caribbean Haunted Mansion with nighttime entertainment fantastic. The area is the home of the Private 33 Club, which we will talk about later. I don't have a lot about it. I know of it, but I did not write anything down about it. Really? So the well, private. Go on. Man, I, did, I, 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 like, I've known of it for years, and I know you can go to it, but I didn't, I didn't put anything down in here. I apologize. Well, the Private 33 Club is a Club 33 comprises a number of private dining clubs 
located within the various Disney parks. First opening in 1967, the clubs were modeled after numerous executive VIP lounges created by pavilion sponsors in the 1964 New York World's Fair. At the time, Club 33 was the only location within Disneyland that you could buy alcoholic beverages. Oh, well, that's a big reason to go there for us. Yes. The, <laughs> the original Disneyland location of Club 33 is located above the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction and next to Walt Disney's former apartment. That was the... That was the firehouse? I do believe so. Yes, because he would slide down the fire pole after he woke up and got it. He had an apartment. He lived about, what, 40 minutes away from the park, but he had an apartment built for him in the park. It was in the firehouse, and he decided he wanted the fire pole in his bedroom so he could drop down and start going. And there is a uh, have this written down there is he would always have a light in his window lit up if he was at the park so after his death they always have a light lit up above the firehouse just to honor walt disney there you go um do you know what it costs to be a Club 33 member? No, I'm not sure I want to know, actually. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us. It is reported that individuals invited to join must pay close to sixty dollars to $70,000 for the initiation fee, and the annual fee to be a member is $20,000. Holy cow like i like disney but not that damn much holy cow oh my lord <laughs> so you were talking about main street oh wait before you go there do mm -hmm. you know what do you know what club 33 is named after i don't remember forgive me according to walt disney club 33 is simply named after its after its address at 33 Royal Street in New Orleans Square at Disneyland. Hmm. However, several others believe that there are other explanations behind the name. Some speculate that the name refers to 33 institutional patrons at Disneyland in 1966 and 67 when the club was being built and oh. opened interesting now we'll never know the answer to that because walt's dead he passed away yeah so like main that. street usa utilizes air smellerizers do you know of this yes the patented machines give off wonderful smells of food and candy through vents 
out into the crowd of people walking along Main Street. Now, during most of the year, Main Street uses the scent of vanilla and the delicious smell of candy. But during Christmas, it's changed to peppermint. These machines are located in other parts of the park, creating a salty sea breeze near the Pirates of the Caribbean and honeyed aroma near Pooh's Adventure. They also have different scents like popcorn, uh, coffee for by the coffee house, um, and all these scents are just sprayed into the air. Mm-hmm. Subtle. Now, the horses on Main Street, because they actually have horse-drawn carriages going down Main Street. They are louder than the average horse. Do you know why? Do tell. They have polyurethane coatings on their horseshoes, which add to the traction, but also make them much louder on the cobblestones of Main Street. I did not know that. <laughs> All right, the next land is Frontierland. Frontierland recreates the setting of pioneer days along the American frontier. According to Walt, all of us have cause to be proud of our country's history shaped by the pioneers spirit of their forefathers. Our adventures are designed to give you the feeling of having lived even for a short while during our country's pioneer days. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, I like that. Uh, the attractions include Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the Mark Twain Riverboats, which was one of my favorite rides. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this is something from memory. Apparently, you can do something if you ask the cast members and you can be the actual captain of the riverboat. And I'd have to look that up to figure out how to do it, but you can be the captain of the riverboat if you want to. Uh, the sailing ship Columbia, Pirate's Lair of Tom Sawyer's Island, and Frontierland Shooting Exposition. Uh, Frontierland is also home to the Golden Horseshoe Saloon, <laughs> which is an Old West style show venue. Yeah. Now, I have been to the Tom Sawyer Island, and there's all these cool little like caves that, if you're little, like a kid, you can get into. Now, and once again, doing this from memory, apparently there are some markings in the caves and you have to go to all the caves on that island. You can somehow decipher these cave ruins to give you a message. I don't remember what the message is, but there, there's so many little details in Disney. It's hard to keep track of them all. And, and, and forgive me, I don't know that one. But if you email us, we will find it and give it to you. All right. 
Next up, Fantasyland. Uh, this is one of the original lands at mm-hmm. Disney, uh, along with Tomorrowland, Main Street, USA, and Frontierland. Uh, Fantasyland is the area of Disneyland of which Walt Disney said, what youngster has not dreamed of flying with Peter Pan over a moonlit London? Or tumbling in Alice's nonsensical wonderland? I've been on the Peter Pan ride, and it was awesome. Like, it, it's one of those goofy rides like you had at Cedar Point back in the day. The uh, Was it the San Francisco earthquake ride you remember that one yes that is much like the ride with peter pan and at one point you feel because you're in this little cart and you're going through and you feel like you are flying over london at night it wasn't it was a cool little ride didn't cost much but it was just so very very cool I, i loved going on that ride uh, attractions include several dark rides, the King Arthur Carousel, and various family attractions. Fantasyland has the most fiber optics in the park. Oh my. More than half of them are in Peter Pan's flight. Like I said, it's a cool little ride. I hope it's still there. <laughs> I know Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is gone. But yeah, uh, I was upset about that. <laughs> uh, next, next town up is Tomorrowland. Uh, during the 1955 inauguration, Walt Disney dedicated Tomorrowland with these words. Tomorrow can be a wonderful age. Our scientists today are opening the doors of the space age to achievements that will benefit our children and generations to come. The Tomorrowland attractions have been designed to give you an opportunity to participate in adventures that are a living blueprint of our future. Uh, Tomorrowland. It was cool, man. That was one of my favorites. Uh, Did you ever write Horizons? No, but it's the original Space Mountain. Oh, God, yes. Oh, dude, better than that. I did the original 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Which was I that, have... Wait, was that in Tomorrowland? I don't think that It might have been in Fantasyland. I'm not quite sure. Tomorrowland might have had the, the uh, cars... Uh, I, I don't remember. Dude, I was four or five years old. It was a long time ago. Let's see here. Current attractions are Space Mountains, Star Wars Launch Bay, Autopia, Jedi Training, the Disneyland Monorail, Astro Orbiter, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster, Finding Nemo's Submarine Voyage. That 
I think that is where uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was. At one point, they had eight submersibles. Oh, here we go. made them the eighth largest underwater fleet in the entire world. Uh, Finding Nemo's submarine voyage opened on June 11, 2007, resurrecting the original submarine voyage, which closed in 1998. You're talking about Tomorrowland. If you are feeling extra hungry, take a nibble on any of the plants. Every plant in Tomorrowland is edible. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, we have two two uh, villages. What what do you call areas left? Areas uh, lands. We have Mickey's Toontown, which didn't open until 1993. Yeah, I, I never saw that. Uh, it was partially inspired by the fictional Los Angeles suburb of Toontown. In the Touchstone <laughs> Pictures release, who framed Roger Rabbit? Toontown features three rides Chippendale's Gadget Coaster, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin. The land also includes Mickey's House and Meet Mickey. Uh, the other land is brand spanking new. Opened in 2019. Don't know that one. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, is that in... Wait, wait, is that in Disneyland or World or is that in the Epcot? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's War- some, dude, there's some really cool stuff that you can make your own lightsabers, you interact with stormtroopers. That just looks like I would spend my entire day just in that section. That looks awesome. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is set within the Star Wars universe. In the Black Spire Outpost Village on the remote frontier planet of Batu, attractions include the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. The land opened in 2019, replacing Big Thunder Ranch and former backstage areas. Hmm. Uh... Oh, I forgot one land. Critter, did we say Critter Country? No, no, you didn't mention that. Critter Country opened in 1972 as Bear Country and was renamed in 1988. Formerly, the area was the home to Indian Village, where indigenous tribes people demonstrated their dance and other customs. The main draw to Critter Country was Splash Mountain. I say, Splash Mountain was good, man. I say was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. Um, so do you know about 
the color green in both of the parks go away green or no cm green ever heard of it no so if there is a section they don't want you to look at if they're working on it or if they just want you to ignore it they developed a special shade of green uh it's so dull your eyes don't register it so if they don't want you to see something they paint it in no cm green and it just kind of goes away like if it's at the end of a parking lot you don't want to see it if they're doing new attractions they paint it in this special green so you don't look at it i know weird stuff uh go away green mm -hmm. or no see them green mm -hmm. refers to wow that is so cool <laughs> and they release cats at night 200 feral cats are released to catch the mice in the park now during the day they rest in well-hidden cat houses but if you see cats walking around during the day, don't be surprised. They're there on design. Holy cow. <laughs> uh, now, Disneyland, as I said, is built in the middle of Anaheim. Mm -hmm. So really, Disneyland, when it was built had zero competition oh there was nothing nothing the closest thing was i think it was not very farms possibly but yeah that was about it and Knott's Berry farm took a lot of cues from them i i like their whole um cemetery or like you could put your hand on one of the cemeteries and you could feel yeah. a heartbeat i mean it was it was they they did the best they could they're they're trying their best but uh couldn't compete with disney uh knott's berry farms is the closest oh do you know who owns that knott's berry farm owned and operated since 2015 by cedar fair cedar point that is the parent company of cedar point uh king's dominion king's island so they owned that farm or that park now mm -hmm. uh that park was started by i do believe i have these notes walter knotts yeah, we talked about this a while back. Yeah. It, it, it's conceivably the oldest park in the United States, conceivably. You know what Knott's Berry Farms was before? I'm going to go on a limb and say a berry farm. It was a berry farm. There you go. Good for Mr. Knott's. <laughs> there are two rules that all disney cast members must follow 
never point with one finger and never answer a guest question with I don't know. As pointing with your one index finger is considered rude in some cultures, employees will always point with two fingers. Some of the bizarre stuff you never do. Yeah. Um, that's really all I've got for Disneyland. Mm -hmm. What else do you have? I got some weird stuff here. Disney is a permanent no-fly zone for all U.S. aircraft over both of its parks. Pretty much because they don't want the guests to hear airplanes going overhead. How they rock that one, I don't know. When the Jungle Cruise was originally open. They had live alligators near the in pens near the lines when you were queuing up for the the cruise. They live alligators in pens, because um, Disney wanted like they wanted live act live animals in their attractions originally. It just wasn't in the cards, which is one of the big reasons why he got into animatronics in the first place. That was fun. <laughs> now some other weird stuff uh it's the it's a small world attraction uh yes mm-hmm. ever been on it uh yes okay that was not original to disney that ride was whipped together for in a hurry for the 1964-65 world's fair in new york city which Disney had a big thing. They put a bunch of attractions on hold because they did a bunch of stuff for the World's Fair back then. So the good thing is Pepsi sponsored the It's a Small World ride at the World's Fair. Okay. The ride was a smash hit. 10 million. 60 cent and 95 cent tickets were sold during that world fair with pro all the proceeds went to unicef which was kind of cool but disney had the ride crated up shipped to disneyland and installed as a permanent attraction because pepsi footed the bill the ride cost disney little to nothing and it's been one of their biggest hits for a long long time uh some of the best animatronics are in that they have like something like three thousand dolls in that attraction and they they go through and they fix them up change them out whatever but yeah it's it's there may be nothing left of the original but it, the, the ride itself it, in essence is still there um other weird stuff while you're waiting for the disneyland railroad at the new new orleans square station you can hear uh the tickety tack of morse code the morse code message from the station master's house if you 
actually go and like write it down and decipher it. It's it it is the original words uttered by Walt Disney as he opened Disneyland Live on national television July 17, 1955. To all who come to Disneyland, welcome. Here, age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and the promise of the future. So if you're in a Mars code, you will get that. If not, you have no clue what the hell is going on. Oh, I love this one. Disney World, we're talking Florida, is the second largest consumer of explosives next to the U.S. military. That one kind of blew my mind. All right. What year did you go to Disneyland? It must have been 1970, maybe 71. I was four or five. Uh, We've already discussed the A ticket through Mm -hmm. uh, all that. All right. Get ready for this. Go. Disneyland adopted a based pricing system for single day admissions in February 2016. It took them that long? Yeah. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Holy crap. Uh, charging different prices for value, regular, and peak days. <clears throat> now, guess what a ticket price was in 1981 to go to Disney World, Disneyland. $11. $10.75. Opening day was a dollar. Now, as of October 11th, 2022, guess what the cheapest price is to get into Disneyland? $200. Hmm. $104. That's just Disneyland. That's just Disney World, right? Right. That's just Disneyland. Before 1982, passport tickets were available to groups only. So uh, what a passport ticket was, was it was basically a ticket where you could ride everything. A, B, C, D, and E. But the only people they would sell those to are groups of 15 and above. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Who knew? I've got to start an amusement park, man. I know, right? (laughs) 
you play that game, you know how the profit is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have you ever heard of the hidden Mickeys? There yeah. Who hasn't? The unofficial count right now is well over a thousand between the two parks. Just the two parks. That's not counting the boats. Nope. Because uh, Disney owns a cruise line. Yep. Now, this is just the Disney World and Disneyland. There's well over a thousand. Disney had an apartment mm-hmm. in Disneyland. The firehouse. Yes. A nice apartment. I think it was, I think they said it was like 4,000 square feet. That's not an apartment. That's a house. Yeah, it's an apartment for Disney. Uh, that is true. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for Disneyland. I think it's time to take a break and we'll discuss Disney World next. And there's actually not a lot i mean that's uh that's a that's a that we have the mute button on and i'm talking and i can't hear myself dude dude was so fucking animated it was he's like hands are up in the air and i'm just (laughs) sitting here talking because i was like (laughs) (laughs) no i i i didn't mix my stuff between land and world i've got a few more things about both parks but uh yeah we gotta take a break we'll be back in just a little bit all right ladies and gentlemen i will be right back Your dream, and as I held it, she said, See what I. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We got to talk about Disney World now. Disney World, the concept for it was started in 1963 by Walt Disney. He wanted to have a park that could complement Disneyland. And in his research, he found that only 5% of the population came to Disneyland beyond the Mississippi River. Yeah, I know that. So, he started to look for something on the East Coast, and he found it in Orlando, Florida. Walt Disney took a flight over a potential site in Orlando, Florida, one of many in November 1963. After witnessing the well-developed network of roads and taking the planning construction of both Interstate 4 and Florida's Turnpike into account, with McCoy's Air Force Base, later to be called Orlando International Airport, to the east, Disney selected a central location near Bay Lake. The development was referred to in-house as the Florida Project. <laughs> to avoid a burst of land speculation, Walt Disney Productions used various dummy corporations to purchase all the land. Smart. Yeah. 
So do you know, uh, here's the timeline. 1965, Walt Disney announces the Florida Project. 1966, Walt Disney dies of lung cancer. Yeah, that was rough. Quit smoking those cigarettes. uh, Like the Pirates of the Caribbean was the first ride developed after his death. Roy took over and, and like made it happen basically it's one of the most popular rides they have to this day um and obviously it inspired some awesome movies too construction started in 1967 and was finished in 1971 well it's never finished but magic keep it magic keep done magic kingdom kingdom opens including Main Street USA, Adventureland, Frontierland, Liberty Square, Tomorrowland, and Fantasyland. Palm and Magnolia Golf Course opens in the same year. And Walt Disney World Airport, Lake Buena Vista Airport, opens in 1971. Good Lord. Disney, at the same time, opened up the Contemporary Resort, which is one of the most famous resorts because mm-hmm. the monorail actually drives right through the center of it. Absolutely, yeah. That is very cool. He opened Disney's Polynesian Village, Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Flight to the Moon. Now, you mentioned Roy. Roy Disney took over after Walt died. He took over after Walt died. Yep. Yep. And Roy ends up dying in the first year of operation of Walt Disney World. He died at age 78 in 1971. Now, the amount of land that they bought was massive. Huge. That allowed for everything that Walt Disney had in his head to basically come, yeah. come for, to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. 25,000 acres was what they bought Mm -hmm. that's massive yeah back in california in 1976 150 million people had visited disneyland in california in 77 space mountain blasted off in Tomorrowland. And the astronauts, John Glenn and Alan Shepard, were part of the inaugural journey. Um, some other, like, really amazing thing. Like, Splash Mountain, 1989. Mickey's Toontown in 93. Indiana Jones in 95. And 01... Disneyland California Adventure Park opened to the public 
offering a whole new world of rides, restaurants, attractions after the California's most notable parks and landmarks. And then in 05, Disneyland celebrated its 50th anniversary. All right. So in 1972, the year after Roy dies, Disneyland Village Resort opens. Uh, they open up another another golf course. It's <laughs> another one. Uh, the first of three hotels opens in the Hotel Plaza Boulevard area, an area desi- designated for non-Disney hotels. <laughs> 73, the golf resort opens. Oh, my God, another golf course. Another one. Tom Sawyer Island and Pirates of the Caribbean. Dude, Pirates of the Caribbean was awesome, right? Oh, it's awesome, right? It's still awesome. Even when they did the revamp to the movies that are out now, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite rides. There, there's two really cool little bits, and, and one has to be in my memory. Way later in the parks, Johnny Depp decided he wanted to physically appear in the ride. And so he just like randomly showed up in his Jack Sparrow outfit and was like pretending to be an animatronic and then would like just start moving around and talking to people on the rides. They were freaking the fuck out. It was was great. It was was great. You can see video of that on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> 1975 hits. And my uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the summer of 1976 was my first time at Disney. Mm, okay. But in 1975, Space Mountain opens up in Tomorrowland. Now, this is honestly the first high-speed roller coaster ever to be put indoors, mm-hmm. which made it a record. Uh, and I wrote it the next year. Mm-hmm. Coolest freaking ride you will ever ride. They put luminescent uh, stripes on the bottoms of the cart. So as you are driving or as you're riding through Space Mountain, you can look up and see the other carts going through the track. <laughs> That's it, cool. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Now, the Matterhorn was kind of the genesis of that ride. Yes. Now, the, the Matterhorn actually had a basketball court. Yes. Inside of it for the employees to use. Which I find vastly amusing. And a ping pong table. They had like a quarter court and a ping pong table. If you were on break, you could use that stuff. Which I find awesome. Now, uh, 1980, I think it was 1984. No. 82 was Epcot. I didn't get into Epcot at all. Because I thought we were talking just doing Disney. So I don't have anything about them. Epcot was an interesting transition for uh, uh, Walt Disney World. Um, 
most people actually didn't like Epcot when it first opened. I loved it. I absolutely love Epcot. Uh, it it was um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, it, it was it, not the Disney rides, and it wasn't the Disney. It was bland. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, they had really different experiences. It was like you want to experience Japan. There was a whole section for just Japan. You want to experience Great Britain? There's a whole thing for Great Britain. But at the beginning of the park, you had like the undersea world. You had the whole Epcot Dome. It was a really, really different experience for people. And and it took a little while to catch on. But man, Epcot, is, I don't know. I would imagine it probably draws a lot more people than like the Disneyland or Disney World at this point. Well... 1983 comes along, and the Ride Horizons is opened up. Uh, this is a people mover that takes you through the past, the present, and the future. And it's one of the coolest rides I've ever written. Now, I, I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I, I think they shut it down. Uh, closing date was 1994. It was reopened in 1999. Oh, wow. For people to ride for basically about a year. And then they shut it down and replaced it with Mission Space. Hmm. Uh, but it was a dark ride. And I, I, I love my dark rides. <laughs> uh, anyways, after that. You have 1989, Disney's MGM Studios opens. Why did that open? Because it was cool. I mean, they acquired MGM, but it was just so much fun. Oh, my God. They had Star Wars there. They had Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They had Tron. There There was so much fun stuff at that park. Universal Studios had opened up their theme park in Orlando, right across from Walt Disney World. That's right. I forgot and about that. This is why MGM Studios was built because they were worried that there was too much traffic going over to Universal. So, well, put our own studio in Mm -hmm. okay when before i was married my mother took me to disney and we did disneyland we did epcot and we did mgm studios Uh, and the, the the weirdest bizarre memory was somewhere in mgm you could stand this little podium indoors and you could put your voice in and you could turn a couple knobs and turn it into the MCP from Tron. Yes. And I nailed the MCP doing the whole bit about put him in the games and make sure he dies. 
it was like so perfect i was like oh my god that's great there was so much fun there it was it was a great bar and this was like way before they had one star wars attraction it was one of those where you like sit in the i don't know a a cabinet and they move you around and you get sick to your stomach that was it it was way before star wars was like well purchased by disney so it was just kind of a side side thing for them but no great park excellent park all right i'm gonna skip all the way forward up to 2019 now i'm gonna skip all the toy story stuff but the toy story area is actually really fun and the roller coaster is actually pretty good um in 2019 the seas with Nemo and friends, which used to be twenty thousand leagues under mm. the sea, uh, was renamed to the Seas Pavilion in Future World at Epcot. Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Oh man, that is huge! I I'm dying to go there. It opens on August twenty ninth. 2019 in Hollywood Studios. Uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance opens in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in 2019. 2020, Mickey and me. Now remember, this is COVID. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was bad for them. Mickey's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opens on the Hollywood Boulevard in Disney's Hollywood Studios on March 4th. The COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting government mandates closed the resort beginning March 15th. So basically, Mickey and Minnie's runaway train had 10 days of operation before everything was shut down. Ew. Disney reopens to the public on July 11th, 2020. The very next year, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure opens. And they start to actually build a whole bunch over the next few years. Actually, while they were in COVID, they were building stuff. Nice. Uh, they started building during COVID Star Wars Galaxy Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the hotel, the two-day experience that I want to do so bad. It's awfully expensive, but I really <laughs> want to do it. Um, that started in 2024. Guardians of the Galaxy's Cosmic Rewind opens in in Epcot. So now Epcot is actually built up with a whole bunch of really cool stuff. 2023, the Walt Disney Company celebrates its 100th anniversary as the Disney's 100 Years of Wonder. Wow. Splash Mountain closes. Wow. Well. Sorry to hear that. Uh, 
Happily Ever After returns to the Magic Kingdom. Tron Light Cycle. Oh God, I've seen I've seen some videos of that. I so so goddamn want to go on that ride. It looks awesome. Opens in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom on April 4th. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will be closed after its last cruise ends on September 30th. Nah. So that was kind of short-lived. Yeah. I have a bunch of like tidbits about the old park here. If you want to hear about it. Sure. Let's see. In Disneyland, California, the Disney family crest is above the gates of Sleeping Beauty's castle. The crest features three lions and a shield framed by plumage with another lion standing above. This was added in 1960 and is located directly above the entrance to the drawbridge of Sleeping Beauty's castle. Which apparently is like one of the two only castles with drawbridges in the entire United States. Gosh. Yeah, I, 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 don't quote me on that, but yeah, it, it's something close to that. Um, if you are ever in Disney, California, if you, there's something special about the brass apple outside snow white's scary adventure if you rub the brass apple while you're in line for the ride you will hear a clap of thunder and the witch will start to cackle loudly which i think is awesome uh pirates of the caribbean in disneyland may still have a real skeleton back in the day it was more authentic and cheaper to buy skeletons of real dead people than it was to get plastic ones. Uh, they asked UCLA Medical Center for some real ones, and they gave them a bunch of real skeletons. Now, over the years, they have replaced these skeletons and given them proper burials, but apparently there is still one skull somewhere in that ride that is a real human remain um what other goodies uh if you are on the california screaming ride in california listen for the countdown it's actually done by neil patrick harris mm -hmm. Uh, if you are at the Wishing Well in Snow White's Grotto, located in the east side of Sleeping Beauty's Castle, there is a Wishing Well. And if you toss your coins in there, it actually all goes to uh, an actual charity. And the engraving of the well reads, your wishes will help children everywhere. Really? Oh, now, this one's kind of cool. So, originally, when they were building Disneyland, way, way back in the day, there is, in California, there is a palm tree that is over 120 years old. 
this tree, a Canary Island date palm, was planted in 1896 as a wedding gift and belonged to the... Uh, I'm going to screw this totally up because I'm totally drunk. Dominguez family, who sold their farm to Disney so he could build the park. They made one request that the tree remains. So it stands in Adventureland and can be found near the Indiana Jones Fast Pass distribution kiosk near the Jungle Cruise Ride. So they have a hundred, well, that's probably now a 130-year-old tree. It was the original piece of tree on the property. Now, if you're anywhere and you see a Toy Story character, if you yell out, Andy's coming, they'll all drop to the ground as if they were in Toy Story. Um, they'll even let you like take pictures of them laying on the ground and stuff like that. It's kind of awesome. All right. I want to uh, get back to the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser here. Do it. I don't have much about the new stuff. I apologize. Some outlets have ballparked the Galactic Star Cruiser cost at over a billion dollars. Oh, my. Wow. More conservative estimates have it at $350 million. Uh, the cost to stay was $4,800 for two people for two days. Good Lord. In May 2023, Disney announced that Galactic Star Cruiser would be closed on September 30th. One commentator said its high prices had kept many of the visitors from even visiting once. While yes. the lone storyline offered to guests dissuading them from visiting twice. It's a little pricey. I'm not going to lie. It's a little pricey. Um, I'm sad that they're going to get rid of this. Uh, I would have possibly tried to lower prices and get more visitors, but uh, it is what it is. I'm not going to be able to go and do it this year, so I guess I'm never going to be able to go and do it. Yeah, you'll have that. Uh, oh, God, that was a good call. Anyways. Oh. That... Yeah, I don't burp often. That was our... No, 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 no. no. Oh. One more. One more. Real quickie. The Haunted Mansion was originally going to be a museum of weird stuff. The current ride has demon and monsters in the woodwork, the metalwork, and the wallpaper that was leftover original artwork from what that was supposed to be. And this was the first attraction that was ever completed without Walt Disney being alive. Now the Omni movers, the little 
doom buggies that ride you through the whole thing were developed in 1964 for the World's Fair. And the pipe organ in the Grand Ballroom is actually the real organ from the movie 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And we could do a whole show on the Haunted Mansion. It's awesome. But anyway, that's all the stuff that I have. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Burke's drunk. I'm feeling good. Yep. We're all happy and skippy over here. I left my sprinklers on, so I got to go. And the one's uh, not working. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. It is another fabulous day. We're glad that you came here. We're glad that you uh, listened to our bullshit about Walt Disney. And frankly, uh, this really piped up my mood. This was a sucky-ass day, and I'm feeling much more happy about it now. There you go. Uh, remember, DavisonDavisShow.com. Don't worry if you want some really cool merch. You could go to the DavisonDavisShow.com. We'll be back again. Shows every Tuesday and Thursday, unless I don't get them edited, and then you might wait. A, I don't whatever we yeah it, it is what it is all right man we're out of here have a good night have a great day everybody credit card bill.